Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. Dominic, how's it going, man? Let's go, William! <laughs> I'm doing amazing. Preseason has already two weeks into the books. I can't wait to see what happens next week. Let's get this show started. A huge, huge thank you, Dominic, to you before we start. I was away, folks, the last two weeks, so if you guys listened to the show, it was just Mr. Dominic Demeester. Uh, I know it must be super difficult to do uh, an hour show by yourself, Dominic, so a big thank you to you for stepping in uh, while I was uh, away. I guess slacking, maybe not slacking, but I just wanted to thank you for that uh, on your part, Dominic. It was a big, big uh, appreciation there, and I know it wasn't easy, so thank you for that, Dom. Always a good time to have an entire show by yourself. <laughs> I don't have to deal with any rebuttals. So I took it as a green light and I had a great time. Hey, awesome. There you go. Always looking at the bright side. I love it, Dominic. All right, let's jump into some NFL action. Deshaun Watson, Dominic, finally getting the news. He will be suspended the first 11 games of the season. I got $5 million uh, suspension there. And crazy uh, how his first game back or his 12th game of the season, when he'll be eligible to come back, will be against his former team, the Houston Texans. Um, obviously, a ton of this offseason, Dominic, was dedicated toward Deshaun Watson. How many games is he going to get? Is he going to get the whole season? What's going to happen there in Cleveland? Yada, yada, yada. So finally, it looks like we have things settled. Deshaun Watson will be suspended the first 11 games of the season, that $5 million fine. Uh, and I think you couldn't have written any better with the potential uh, if he decides to come back or if the, the uh, Cleveland Browns want to start him when he's eligible to come back. It will be against his former team, the Houston Texans. So I think people are happy to just have this settled. Uh, me personally, I would have liked to see him suspended the, the whole year. I thought that's what it was going to be. I think earlier on the show a few weeks ago, I predicted that you said you thought Deshaun was going to come back. Uh, and, and play a few games this season, Dominic. So you were right on that one. 11-game uh, suspension for Deshaun Watson. Hey, listen, the NFLPA and NFL, they obviously talked for a long time to kind of come to a conclusion and wrap this story up. It's been in the news for a long time. Yeah. 11 games, boom, let's move on from this story. The Cleveland Browns are not just Deshaun Watson, and I'm really intrigued to see Who's going to win this quarterback competition? Because I'm calling it a competition because Joshua Dobbs. Wow, what a great pickup. He's a really good quarterback in this new NFL. Don't be surprised if Joshua Dobbs plays within those first 11 games because I could see Jacoby Brissett maybe faltering here and there. And I don't think he's going to have a long leash. So let's see what happens in Cleveland with Joshua Dobbs. Uh, Joshua Dobbs, if I'm not mistaken, he used to play for the, your Steelers, correct? 100%. Uh, he's 6'3", 216 pounds out of Tennessee. This guy gets no love, but he's mm. actually really, really smart. He knows what to do in mm. game situations. He might not be the most talented QB, but it's a guy you want to have as a, either a backup quarterback. If you want to gamble, you can give him a shot at the starting quarterback position. And I have a feeling that we might be seeing Joshua Dobbs playing for Cleveland at some point this season. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, Joshua Dobbs, I, I was watching a bit of that preseason game, actually, Dominic, uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. And he had a solid game, actually. He had a, a solid game. Um, and uh, similar to what you were saying, that the buzz was around, you know, Joshua Dobbs uh, has a chance at the starting role and he doesn't get uh, necessarily enough love. I remember watching him in college. He was a, a fun QB to follow there. Um, but look, I, I hadn't seen it as a QB competition. For me, it was really Jacoby Brissett was going to start. But, you know, now with Dobbs playing the way he is, uh, Dominic, you never know. But I'm curious to see what's going to happen, Dominic. Let's say the Cleveland Browns, look, obviously invest a ton of money in Deshaun Watson. And I think you said it well, Dominic. This team is not Desha just Deshaun Watson. The Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. Um, and that's something we've been completely wrapped up into is just every time thinking Cleveland would think about the Deshaun Watson situation and him particularly. If this team, let's say they start five and three or even six and two with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback and, uh, you know, uh, he's able to come back. Or sorry, it's going to be 11 games. So let's say they start, I don't know, uh, let's say they start six and four or he's said 11 games, six and five or seven and four, even eight and three. Um 
after the 11 games that Deshaun Watson is suspended, what do you do? You know, if Jacoby Brissett's rolling, he already has his team to seven, eight wins. Like, is this going to be a decision? Or do you think because of everything invested in Deshaun Watson and the money, you have to put him on the field as soon as he's ready? Yeah, you have to put him on the field as soon as he's ready. I would love to see some team like Cleveland take a bold decision and maybe have Deshaun sit for the entire year if you have a hot quarterback, but I doubt that would happen. That would take a, a really ballsy head coach to do yeah. that. And unfortunately, I'm not a fan of Kevin Stefanski. It's not even going to be his decision. It'll be a front office decision. And I would doubt that we wouldn't be able to see Deshaun Watson at some point this season. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one, Dominic. But look, maybe like it's almost like a, a trial run for these two quarterbacks, whoever gets it right. We see in the preseason now, a lot of these, you know, guys are, are playing for a starting job to be seen, uh, whether that's for a backup position or, you know, a starting position. So if Jacoby Brissett, Dominic, goes out there and balls out uh, and then Deshaun Watson comes and obviously takes his place, maybe that's, you know, a good for, obviously it's good for Brissett there, but maybe a team that needs a quarterback that has an injury at that position. We know, obviously, there's there's quarterback-hungry teams uh, in the NFL season due to injuries and, and guys struggling. So maybe this is a, kind of a... Um, a run or I guess you could say a trial for Jacoby Brissett and what he can do for this Cleveland Browns team because maybe if he's able to ball out there uh, he's able to attract attention and, and get a starting job somewhere else throughout the season yeah that's a very good point William the NFL obviously a very violent sport as we all know mm-hmm. so therefore a quarterback can go down if Jacoby's hot why not give him a shot he's a journeyman <laughs> he has the experience and I'm sure he can perform decent at least play 500 football for any football team in the NFL. Well, there you go. That is it for Cleveland for now, folks. Uh, obviously, the breaking news of Deshaun Watson. I think uh, everyone is just grateful to finally have this, quote-unquote, settled for now uh, with that 11-game suspension. Let's jump from one QB to the next, Dominic. Baker Mayfield, named starting quarterback for your Carolina Panthers. He will be playing against his former team, those Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is honestly something that you couldn't make up. I love the NFL schedule this year. Uh, and, you know, who knows if the schedule makers decide to do this on purpose. Either way, I love this. Cleveland uh, going to be playing against their former QB, Baker Mayfield. He obviously winning the starting job over Sam Darnold. Um, I think a lot of people saw this coming. I know I saw this more as a, a Baker Mayfield kind of, you got to earn your starting spot. And I think he did. I think he had a better preseason than Sam Darnold. And you called it from the beginning, Dominic, saying as soon as this move happened uh, with Carolina getting Baker Mayfield, he's going to be the starting QB. And he is playing against his former team uh, coming up week one in just a few weeks from now. I'm super excited to see that game. Amazing football game. I don't know how Baker's going to respond. He's going to have a lot of pressure, maybe too much pressure to kind of like stick it to Cleveland. But the team that we have in Carolina, I really like it. And one guy that they picked up, which was brilliant, was Rashard Higgins. I talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that the combination was there potentially with Baker and Rashard because they have that chemistry that they had a little bit in Cleveland. That's just another wide receiver that we can add to this football team when we already have DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall. So those three guys together, I think, will be the nucleus. I think that Robbie Anderson is going to be a play-action wide receiver at best. And we have Ian Thomas, a tight end, that could open the path for Christian McCaffrey to run all day long. This is Christian McCaffrey's team. All you got to do is hand it off, Baker. And I think he'll do that. And I think that he will find his go-to receivers which are going to be Richard, Terrace, and DJ for those Carolina Panthers. Uh, I think you, I like what you said, Dominic, there. There's going to be, agree with what you said, agree with your take. I'm just really hoping that uh, Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. I just, uh, I, we're, I'm doing my fantasy draft uh, in a few days from now. And if I get the number one pick, I'm still debating whether to take McCaffrey. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later on. I'll get your thoughts on that. Um, Baker Mayfield, Dominic. 27 years old. Uh, I talked about Tua having a lot of pressure on him, and maybe I'm biased because I'm a Dolphins fan, but there's a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield. Uh, former, you know, uh, number one overall pick uh, there with the Cleveland Browns. People expected a lot from him. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but I think it's split. I would say that in what this offseason, I thought the majority of people thought that Baker was kind of a bust. He wasn't a good QB. He wasn't smart. He, like, he just would never live up to the potential. 
Um, but a lot of the, the more of the reports I'm seeing and the more I read about Baker Mayfield and the more I talk about it with buddies or, you know, watch NFL shows, a lot of people do think that, you know, Baker was put in a difficult situation there in Cleveland and that he can ball out with the Carolina Panthers, especially what you talked about with the, the nucleus and the core he has there at the wide receiver position. Um, with the fact that, you know, Carolina, like, is trying to take a step forward uh, and we're kind of, uh, you know, waiting, waiting to see that for them. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of the people that, you know, still believe in Baker. Uh, look, only 27 years old. It feels like this guy's been in the league forever. Uh, but I, I'm really, you know, pumped for him. And I do think there's a ton of pressure on him because, like, right now, the buzzer on Baker is that he was he's the number one overall pick, Dominic. Unfortunately, with Cleveland, he hasn't lived up to the hype. Now he gets a fresh slate with a good team like you talked about with the Carolina Panthers, won the starting job in free agency. Uh, you know, what a better better time to, to prove yourself than against your former team. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, excited for, for what he's going to do there with the Carolina Panthers, Dominic. But he's under a lot of pressure, like you talked about. And he needs to perform ASAP if he's going to want to change his, his legacy around. Uh, that, fortunately, right now is not what teams had hoped it would be uh, or the Cleveland Browns hoped it would be after taking him number one overall. Yeah, best case scenario for Baker is that he kind of follows the same path that a, a remarkable quarterback had. And I'm not going to say he's going to live up to those shoes, but when Drew Brees began his career with the Chargers, he was having a great time. He was doing wonderful things for those Chargers, but they didn't keep him. He ended up leaving to New Orleans and become this phenomenal quarterback. It's not the same kind of storyline. And the reason why I bring Baker and Drew in the same limelight here is that these guys were smaller quarterbacks, having it very difficult to thrive in this very competitive league. If you're a smaller quarterback, you have to adjust. And whether or not those adjustments would have been either done better in Cleveland, it's all like in the past right now is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Right. So now he's going to be entering Carolina and he has an opportunity for a fresh start. You're playing in Carolina. You don't have to worry too much about the weather. You got yourself a young and a hungry team and a coach that basically is going to be playing for his own job with Matt Rule. Yeah. Because I think that if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, he will be fired. So all that being said, Baker, you have a wonderful opportunity to do something special in Carolina. And I think you have strong pieces there that can help you propel maybe not to the drew breeze kind of like level but pretty darn close that's how much i believe in this guy i think this guy is an accurate quarterback drew breeze was an accurate quarterback so whether he's number one or by mid-season whether he's a backup but i truly believe that baker mefield will revive his career in carolina well, I like it, Dominic. I like, you know, kind of uh, the, the hope that you have for him and, you know, the, the comparison. I, I like it as well. What do you think, I guess, to put you on the spot now, Dominic, why do you think it didn't work out with him in Cleveland? Is it, you know, the just uh, kind of the relationship he had with Odell and the, the off-the-field issues? Um, do you think that, you know, he kind of, like, took it for granted that he'd be a great quarterback? Do you think it's just the Cleveland Browns being the Cleveland Browns? Uh, if, if I had to put you on the spot, and, like, first thing that comes to mind, why do you think – I mean, he didn't play awful in Cleveland. Let's, let's, he, didn't, he didn't necessarily struggle in Cleveland, but it wasn't what people had thought it would be with him with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, why do you think he didn't have the career in Cleveland that, you know, the Browns were hoping he'd have? Well, there's a combination of aspects put together. But if mm -hmm. I were to highlight one, it's obviously maturity. A guy coming into the league that young with a big ego, he really was humbled, in my opinion, by the NFL, especially this offseason, knowing that he would not no longer be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. So we're going to actually see the mature Baker Mayfield entering Carolina, at least for the first couple of weeks you would imagine this guy is going to be laser focused he's going to probably try to prove everyone wrong he should just focus on football don't focus on any extracurricular activities yeah. and just show what you can do that's my number one critique is that he wasn't mature enough to play the game at the high level that we expect him to and again i wouldn't have developed him the way that he got developed in cleveland which was he, they threw him right off the bat you sit a quarterback always year one my motto i'm sticking with it they didn't do that with baker but it's very hard to do when you're drafting number one to sit your quarterback yeah your fans are going to be on you from the very get-go but hey it's in the past baker Mayfield, you're in carolina make the playoffs and you'll shut everyone up 
Totally, Dominic. And, you know, this. I think Carolina Panthers team in general is under quite a bit of pressure. Like you talked about Matt Rule as well, playing for his job. Uh, and, you know, this team is good. On paper, they're a good team. Uh, they have some solid pieces on defense. They have some solid pieces on offense. And look, I don't think anyone really expects them to win that division in the NFC South with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think, you know, a playoff spot for these guys is definitely, definitely not unrealistic. Um, I know that they have the team to do it. Now it's just going to be, see, look, championships are not won on paper, so it's about uh, now time for these Carolina Panthers to prove it on the field. And the first step will be beating Baker Mayfield's former team week one when they play the Cleveland Browns. Super pumped for that game. Uh, unfortunately, Dominic, we have some sad news. Quarterback Matt Corral, rookie uh, out of Ole Miss, will likely miss the entire season uh, due to an injury that uh, you know he sustained just a few days ago. Super, super sad. Uh, he was one of my quarterbacks to watch out for uh heading into this you know at one point I had him as the number one quarterback coming into this draft and it's just super super sad to see especially for a guy Dominic who got injured at Ole Miss uh and decided to come back and to play uh or in his uh in his bowl game and you know he got injured and he said like he would never change it for the world it's something that uh, he wants to do he wants to be there for his teammates uh, and they just seem get injured again here. Uh, the injury was a, a list fract injury. It was a foot injury. Uh, and he's likely done for the year. Super sad here. Because uh, I thought he could have started for the uh, or competed for the backup quarterback job with Sam Darnold. I really like what I saw out of, uh, out of Matt at Ole Miss. But yeah, unfortunately, Dominic, he has gone for the year. And this happens, obviously, in preseason and in training camp. Uh, you know, we see this uh, time and time again. It's really tough to see at the quarterback position, especially for a rookie. But uh, yeah, Matt Krog going to be most probably missing the uh, entire season this year. Yeah, really unfortunate news. I was never really high on Matt Corral to begin with. I know he was a wild card in this draft. Mm -hmm. I don't think he landed in the right spot in Carolina. I would have saw him more in a team like New Orleans where you can have four wide receivers spread out constantly and just let Matt Corral just dump off a bunch of passes, little routes here and there. Now he's going to have a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. And I don't see him doing it with the Carolina Panthers. This can be a one-and-done situation in Carolina and I could see a team picking him up maybe next year if Carolina were to be so bold and, and cut him right away in the offseason but uh, he'll get an opportunity to learn the NFL from the sidelines and whether or not he can keep that that drive that confidence to you to, to succeed in the NFL because it's very difficult if we look at what happened to Josh Rosen he right now is playing for the Cleveland Browns He's the fourth string quarterback, and he's probably not going to make the team. And this guy was, what, I think top 10 pick in his draft. So sometimes it's about the right fit. And there's a message being sent to Matt Corral right away in his career. Listen, unfortunately, you're injured. You're going to sit out. Maybe think about it long term, whether or not Carolina is a destination that, that you want to play for. Obviously, he's going to say yes, but I would really evaluate whether or not he would want to be a quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, because to me, it's not the right fit. It's obviously not starting on the right foot and he's got himself a foot injury. <laughs> yeah, definitely super tough to hear that. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully he's able to, like you said, Dominic, you know, understand he's an NFL quarterback or he's worked hard to be where he is. Uh, and just got to put in the work. It'll be a tough, tough uh, road to climb Dominic. Like you said, really, really got a feel for him, but uh, you know, thoughts and prayers with him and uh, hopefully he's able to uh, be back on the field sooner rather than later, whether that's with the Carolina Panthers or another team. Um, speaking of the quarterback situation, Dominic, let's, uh, let's stay there. The Seattle Seahawks still, uh, not ready to announce the starting quarterback for week one. We had a few uh, chuckles a few weeks ago about Geno Smith potentially being the starter and uh, Drew Locke obviously battling for that spot as well. Uh, Geno Smith has been seemed to get, uh, you know, quite a bit of opportunities. He struggled actually in their last game, uh, did Geno Smith, but Pete Carroll still not ready to announce a, um, a, a starting quarterback for their season, whether we're playing the Denver Broncos against their former uh, quarterback in Russell Wilson. Uh, thoughts on this situation, Dominic? I, my gut is telling me he's still going to have Drew Locke starting. I think Drew Locke gives him the best chance. Uh, I think this is, uh, this is Locke's last opportunity to kind of make a name for himself in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, Seahawks still question marks with the QB situation. Mayday, mayday, we got a problem, <laughs> and it's a massive problem, and it's in Seattle. Oh, boy, I got to see a lot of preseason games myself, and I watched the Seattle game against Pittsburgh, and now 
That's their second preseason game was just another disaster. I love Pete Carroll. I think he's a phenomenal head coach, but this team is going to be dead last in the NFL. This is how bad this team will be. And it really got worse when I found out that Kenneth Walker III has a pretty big injury, no timetable. They're going to have to wait, see how long it's going to take to heal. And I don't think this team is going anywhere. I think you were right, William. I think this, this team does have a better chance to move forward with Drew Locke. And again, we can only take preseason for what it's worth. I could be completely wrong. And Seattle actually does end up playing well. But on defense, they were atrocious. On offense, Geno Smith did not look at all like a guy that I thought would have known the playbook so well that he could have managed this football team. That's not the case. Drew Locke seems to have a better understanding of this football team. That's who right now I would put week one as my starting quarterback. There are a few kind of like positive. I think Charles Cross, their left tackle, will be a gem for the Seattle Seahawks. So to protect the quarterback, you got Charles Cross there. It was a good pickup. And to me, the way this team would have survived is if Kenneth Walker would have been healthy week one out of the gate. I just don't see Rashad Penny being able to repeat the success that he had last year late into the season. I think that was kind of like a bit of luck and this team's going to have to rely heavily on the running game. And I don't see any, I do see a guy like in Travis Homer that's been there and done that to fill the gap. But listen, Russell Wilson's not on this football team anymore. Teams are going to stack the box. They're done. Trust me. Seattle's done dead last in the division. I'm turning this team upside down, which I thought could have potentially competed they will not. The Seattle Seahawks are in big, big trouble. Uh, you also got to factor in the fact that Chris Carson Wright retired uh, just uh, a little while ago. So yeah, that running situation in Seattle also has question marks in the air. A lot of people are with you, Dominic. You know, Seattle is probably going to struggle this year. They don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Obviously, they lose Russell Wilson. Um the division keeps getting better year in and year out. And the other yeah, preseason hasn't been uh, sexy for them to say the least. I think they're going to struggle this year. Uh, I think they made you a little bit better than people think. And you got to factor in that they still have, they still do have two set receivers in Tyler Lockett and in DK Metcalf. And uh, I've said it before and I'm not ready to give up on Drew Lock just, just yet. So I think that if they make the right decision, in my opinion, and starting him, look, I don't think this is going to be a great season. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. Uh, but I, I could see, you know, some glimpses of hope out of them. I could see them stealing a few games at home. Uh, look, they still have Pete Carroll. They still have one of the best, uh, if not the best fans in all of football there. It's tough to play. Um against the 12th man there in, in uh, Seattle. Obviously, it will be a big, big test come week one for them when they play the Denver Broncos. So I think it'll be a tough season for them. Uh, ultimately, I think that, uh, you know, maybe they'll end up drafting top five. I'd say maybe top 10. Uh, to qu answer our, our question, or I didn't really ask the question yet, but do you ultimately think Julak gets the uh, the the starting job and the, the head for the uh, taking uh, the QB1 reps uh, week one uh, coming into the season? After what I saw, I have no choice to say, yes, Drew Locke will be the week one quarterback. I just thought that there was value there with Gino and Pete Carroll being on the same page for a long time that potentially he wouldn't have been able to manage this football team. But with the injury to Kenneth Walker, forget about it. This team's going nowhere. They had a slight chance. He's gone. Forget about it. The Seahawks are done. Yeah, uh, this is going to be... Uh definitely a learning curve for the Seattle Seahawks you know it's it's so it's crazy how one player Dominic switches everything we talk about Seattle uh being in contention to win the Super Bowl obviously uh winning a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson there uh, you know always being top of their division or close to top of their division and you know being one of that teams that is really Super Bowl or bust and now they lose uh Russell Wilson uh one of the you know their their all-time star players and just like that we're talking about them drafting top five it just it boggles my mind Dominic we talk about like the impact one player has. And I think that that just goes to show why, uh, you know, being quarterback in the NFL is the most important and the most difficult position to play in all of sports. Uh, how drastically Seattle's Super Bowl hopes have changed with, with the loss of Russell Wilson. Yeah. A quarterback clearly is your, your number one chess piece moving forward in the new NFL. Back in the day, if you had an outstanding running back, yeah, you could have maybe, maybe kind of done something there, but no, it's all about the quarterback and when you got no quarterback, you're not going anywhere. Geno Smith, 
the advantage that he has against Drew Locke is that he's a, he's a lot better for this type of NFL, which is a mobile quarterback that can kind of like either run it or throw it, but he just doesn't have the arm. And I don't see Seattle, like I said, going anywhere. Yeah, let's jump to another team, Dominic. Sticking with the quarterback situation, your team, Dominic, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett looking pretty good in preseason, Dominic. Uh, it says it will be a real battle uh, to get that uh, starting quarterback job there uh, in uh, in the Steel Steel Town of Pittsburgh. Uh, I know that uh, you were pretty excited when they drafted Kenny Pickett. I was excited for you. Uh, Pittsburgh guy staying in Pittsburgh. Uh, and now he's producing on the field, Dominic. So what are your thoughts on what you've seen from Kenny Pickett so far this season from the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because George Pickens out of Georgia has been a gem for this guy, uh, for these Steelers so far. So I think Pittsburgh, pretty happy with uh, their, their, um, their draft picks early on in preseason. They seem to be paying off. Yeah, when you play against the Seattle Seahawks and the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars, you're going to look good. Hey, that's great for quarterback's confidence to start off well. I'm not going to say more than that. I don't see this guy starting any games this year, Kenny Pickett, no matter how really? good he plays. No, he's going to be on the bench. He's going to ride the bench. Mitch Trubinsky is the guy. And if it's not Mitch Trubinsky, Mason Rudolph, he's fighting for his life. And I honestly think that he'll be the backup quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year and Kenny Pickett will be the number three quarterback. They're going to ride, in my opinion, three. They could cut Mason Rudolph. Would that be a good decision or a bad decision? I personally wouldn't like it, but that's very possible that that happens. And if it does, hey, then yeah, Kenny Pickett could have a chance to play this year. But I don't want to see it. I think that they're developing well. Don't change a thing. The really good thing that Pittsburgh did this year is bring another great mind behind the scenes to help this team out in any way and that was your fellow head coach brian flores this guy is just wow how did the miami dolphins get rid of this guy it's mind-boggling clearly it was an ownership or gm situation with their head coach that didn't go well up in miami because this guy knows how to fire some players up the players are responding in pittsburgh but as for the quarterback position don't read too much into this what we're seeing right now is just the fact that pittsburgh played two week teams took advantage, and now they're gaining confidence. But they'll eventually hit a wall. This team's too young, and I don't expect big things out of them this year. Yeah, I agree that uh, I think the expectations for this team is uh, shouldn't be too, too high just with, the, you know, uh, obviously losing Big Ben and uh, with uh, all the changes made there. But, Dom, look, Kenny Pickett, a little bit surprised. I get it, and I know you're not a guy who likes to start uh, quarterbacks in the rookie season. But, Dom, look, you got to, like – Factor this in. He going six of seven for seventy six yards with a touchdown against, like you said, yes, the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. But still, but against the Seattle Seahawks, he goes thirteen of 15, 95 yards, two TDs, no picks. He has yet to throw an interception. His completion percentage is through the roof, Dominic. Um, and the buzz around Pittsburgh has been that this guy's been a, a pretty good so far. Uh, and I get it. And maybe it's a little bit of your bias of not wanting to start him as a rookie, um, but. I don't know, to think that he's going to come in at, at QB3 when, when the uh, roster is all set. If I was the Steelers and I wasn't starting Pickett, I would start Mason Rudolph. I, I really I know they brought in Trubisky. I'm really not a believer in Trubisky. For, for all it's worth, he should be QB3, maybe QB4 coming into the season for them. Uh, but I think, Dominic, that if Kenny Pickett plays uh, in their last preseason game and balls out, I would be surprised if he's not named starting quarterback. Uh, and I know that uh, you know that may pose some red flags to you and, and to, to some other people. Uh, but look, you got this guy to start, and, and I totally get it. You want to... From your point of view, you want to have a more experienced quarterback come in, take over, kind of like the Dolphins did with Tua, uh, have a guy like Fitzpatrick start. Uh, but look, why not let this guy play? Why not let him make his rookie mistakes in his rookie year? Uh, that's kind of the way I see it. I think that, uh, you know, we have two different uh, points of view on this. I don't think one is right or one is wrong. Uh, but look, Kenny Pickett is playing well. Why not let him feed off that confidence, Dominic, uh, coming into week one of the season if he's able to continue uh, this preseason run that he's had? Because obviously, look, you draft this guy in the first round. Uh, and the first quarterback taken in this draft to eventually be a starter, to eventually hopefully be a Hall of Famer for this squad. And of course, learning from more experienced quarterbacks is important. But we're talking about, you know, Trubisky here and we're talking about Mason Rudolph. If you're talking about him sitting behind, you know, a guy who's been in the NFL, like a, like a Matt Stafford or a guy who's been there that's done something, uh, I, I think he has... 
yet a lot of stuff to learn. I think he can learn a few things from these starting quarterbacks. Uh, but ultimately, I'm not a big believer in either of them. And I don't know, Dominic, if I'm a Steelers fan, I'm a little bit more hyped than you are. And I'm saying, Kenny Pickett, take stats from me, QB1. Uh, I want to see you under center week one for the Steelers. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm, <laughs> William. I really do. I mean, when Ben Roethlisberger came into the league, it was because Tommy Maddox got hurt, I think, week two of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And he ended up going to, I believe, the AFC championship and lost. That was a great way to start a career. I could see it happening here because Pittsburgh is loaded in certain areas. If George Pickens, if he's for real and ends up being absolutely a stud at wide receiver, mm-hmm. then you're going to have to really start thinking about it. But again, barring injury, I don't see this happening. I see a beautiful team on defense. You know, TJ Watt is a phenomenal football player. He could lead a strong defensive core for those Steelers who it's always been their identity and provide the offense a lot of opportunities. Now, whether or not Mitch Trubinsky has a short leash or a long leash, I think he'll have a long leash. They're going to try to do something with Mitch Trubinsky all year and Unless you lost like six games in a row, will they start looking elsewhere? But I don't see it happening. I see Mitch Drabinsky winning a few games here, a few games there, and then always kind of like staying into the mix. They have no rush at all to put Kenny Pickett in the uh, starting position at any point during the season, barring injury. So that's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to kind of like hope for is the Kenny Pickett to be a backup quarterback at best and just wait your time, learn from everyone else in front of you, whether it be Mason Rudolph or Trubinsky, and try to grasp as much information as you can to be ready for week one next season. And someone for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, who definitely got to think is going to be on the field week one is uh, the aforementioned George Pickens, Dominic, uh, coming out of Georgia. He looked good. Uh, I think there were like pretty high expectations uh, from him coming out, uh, you know, out of uh, out of Georgia national champions and also coming off an injury. But this is uh, this is best case scenario so far him for the for uh, for him and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I assumed you watched a few of those Steelers games. What are your thoughts so far on uh, George Pickens and what he's been able to do with the offense? Wow, this guy, I wasn't expecting him to be this good. Yeah. He seemed so composed out there. And whether or not that was, again, because they were playing the Seahawks and because they were playing Jacksonville, he seemed to really be comfortable against where he was competing against, which is big. So whether or not that translates to week one in the NFL season, I'm going to say it does. I think Chase Claypool, too, has a lot to play for, whether it be for the Steelers or to try to prepare for next year. I could see the Steelers trying to get him involved a lot early in the season, Claypool. And if that provides George Pickens an opportunity to just shine maybe on third down or just in the red zone, I see it. I see that this team will be probably dangerous if they get to the red zone often because two huge towers with Chase Claypool and George Pickens, you're going to find some success eventually. And can Mitch Trubinsky deliver the ball? Well, I don't think he can, but maybe Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, could provide a few amazing designs here and there to find those guys open in all these beautiful design plays. So I'm an optimist. George Pickens will be a really good football player, or so it seems, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I'm going to have to really comment on him after I see the first five games to find out what we truly have with George Pickens. For sure. Well said, Dominic. Uh, and this is why you love preseason. There's obviously a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, you get to see these rookies play. You get to see, uh, you know, uh, same faces in new places. And you kind of love to see, like, how are these guys going to mesh uh, with certain teams? That's really what I like to see out of the preseason. I'm curious to get your, some of your preseason thoughts, Dominic, in, in the game, Dominic, in the games you have seen so far, uh, whether it's the quarterback position or whether it's, like I said, guys uh, fitting in with their new team. Uh, Isaiah Likely, Dominic, a tight end for the uh, Baltimore. Ravens in his last game in the first half he had eight receptions 100 yards and a TD and look I know with the Baltimore Ravens you already got a stud tight end in Mark Andrews uh, top three tight end in the league in my opinion but 
If you're able to get Lamar Jackson, you know, another kind of that, that safety outlet, a guy that has sure hands, able to break tackles and make life easier for Lamar Jackson. Uh, maybe they have these two tight end sets, so I'm going to really like to run the ball a lot. Uh, maybe we can see both Andrews and Isaiah likely on the field uh, a little bit more often. But yeah, he really impressed uh, in uh, in his uh, preseason game with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, like I said, having 100 yards uh, in the first half on eight receptions. Uh, and it was kind of a, a bus surrounding him and the Baltimore Ravens after he played that game so he's in your division Dominic obviously a guy you got to watch out for but I'd say so far in the preseason he's the kind of a guy that's uh, been catching my eye so far you know this guy's no fluke I looked at his stats before because obviously being in my division I have to find out fellow competitor teams are drafting and and seeing what we're going to have to deal with and this guy's not going to be uh, easy to cover. He's got really, really good hands. And they already have Mark Andrews, as you said. I think this pickup was more to kind of complement Lamar Jackson's ability to find tight ends in the scenes. Yeah. And why not add another one? I'm thinking of back in the day. Now, this is a huge stretch. But when you had Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. Now, if Baltimore could kind of like reproduce that type of offense, whoo. This team will be really scary. And I'm 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 really sold on Baltimore. I'm sold on Baltimore. I picked this team to go at least to the AFC championship. So no, this is not a fluke. What you're seeing is real. Baltimore is going to be scary good this year. They're winning the division. Harbaugh is a really good head coach. And yeah, they found themselves another opportunity to, to draft a guy which no one saw coming. And I don't think that this these stats that you're seeing are a fluke, which might break. If you're um, a Mark Andrews fan and you have it in fantasy, you might expect big stats from him this year. But if a guy like likely produce, I mean, this guy will be right behind Andrews and I could see him taking away some of his receptions. So I could see as well, Isaiah likely really coming into his own early in the season. And I say early in the season only because of the fact that long-term, I think they'll find a way to neutralize him, but early they won't expect it and expect them to have good stats this year for the Baltimore Ravens. Well, for sure. And I, you know what? Like, maybe that won't be – he's not going to be the Mark Andrews of this offense late in the season. But I think if you're able to get production out of him, Dominic, the first five, six, maybe even seven games, that's big for your team, right? You're able to start off on a high note, maybe get your record to uh, to five and two there and, and have a positive record. I think if you're able to get any production uh, more than you're already getting for the Baltimore Ravens out of the tight end position, that'll be huge. So, Dom, uh, we talked about the quarterback situation in a few places. Uh, one place where the quarterback situation is set for good is in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. A few reports saying that he was offered uh, a deal bigger than that of Kyler Murray's, uh, but not too, too much has been made other than that. I'm not sure how true that report is, uh, but obviously the Ravens are looking to get a deal done with Lamar long-term before the start of the regular season. Uh, hasn't happened yet there, but I think, you know, Lamar Jackson, obviously his job is safe there with the Baltimore Ravens. They believe in him. They've been surrounding him with pieces uh, that they think they could get him to a Super Bowl and obviously get, uh, you know, get the most they can out of him. But uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, Dominic, still looking to get that deal done with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you got to think it's going to be happening soon, or if not, at least in the early part of the uh, the regular season. Yeah, I'm going to disagree. I think Lamar, he's working with some trusted advisors and his mother and him are kind of like running the show on how and when he wants to sign an extension. I think he's trying to capitalize on the market to get as much as he possibly can, which can hurt the Ravens long term if Lamar, after next year, for example, starts to already decline in his skill sets. I say decline only because this guy runs the football a lot and it only takes X amount of years before your body starts to wear and tear unless he's got, you know, Tom Brady types of, of <laughs> genes. And I say Tom Brady because the guy's playing at 45 years of age and I'm, I'm still shocked every time I read that, but it's two different types of quarterback. Lamar obviously runs a lot more and he's getting his body banged up and bruised and he wants to make sure that he's going to get, what he thinks he deserves. And then to be honest with you, it's a good strategy. It's if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, yourself and, and how much you believe you're worth then try to get the, the max. Let's look at Kirk cousins. He's done a phenomenal job. Tell me about playing, it. <laughs> playing the NFL, the way that the contracts are designed and 
getting paid the way that he's been getting paid. I don't think it's going to be something like Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to sign a long-term contract eventually, but I'm going to say that it's going to be after the season. And trust me, if Baltimore happens to get to the AFC championship, that contract will be even that much more expensive. And they'll need Lamar. I know that the, the team, in my opinion, is really sick and they have from top to bottom, a phenomenal football team. But I think that Lamar, at the end of the day, we talked at the top of the show, it goes through the quarterback. He deserves to get what he believes, and he will. The only thing that I'm going to tell Lamar, if I could tell him, would be like, dude, watch your back because you have a pretty darn good backup quarterback. And if the Ravens decide to kind of flip the script and say, you know what, Lamar, let's just say he gets injured this year, maybe the Ravens don't sign him. now. I'll ask you, William, do you think a team would pony up a large amount of money if Lamar would go down this year with a torn ACL or torn MCL, considering that his football skill sets in terms of throwing the football Mm -hmm. aren't as good as, uh, I don't know, you like Russell Wilson, for example, he's got a Super Bowl. Could, Could Lamar still thrive in the NFL and get paid what he thinks if he tore his ACL? And would the Ravens actually sign him next year? That's a great question, Dom. Ultimately, I say yes and yes to both. Uh, I think right now Lamar Jackson has made a name for himself. Look, he's been on the cover of Madden. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. Um, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. And I know, of course, tearing an ACL is very difficult to come back from that. And obviously, even not even the physical part, the mental part, it's tough. Is he going to be you know, a little bit nervous to run the football now? Obviously, it plays with your psyche. Of course, that, that's only human nature. But I think you know Lamar Jackson is safe in terms of how he's believed to be around the NFL. I think People think he's a stud and they know he's a stud. And, you know, no matter what happens to him, as long as he's playing on two legs, Dominic, uh, he's going to, you know, be able to get uh, get a big contract. So, yeah, to answer your question, I think that, look, I do think that Huntley is a good backup there for the Baltimore Ravens. So if ever Lamar Jackson gets hurt or, like you said, struggles, uh, long shot to take over the starting job. But, look, obviously we've seen crazier things happen. But I ultimately think Lamar Jackson is safe in terms of how he's viewed around the NFL. Obviously, I do want to see a little bit more out of him. I want to see him improve his passing game. That's my personal take on him. But I think that, uh, you know, NFL teams uh, or teams around the NFL would be, uh, like, stoked to get uh, even the slimmest of possibilities how Lamar Jackson is their starting quarterback. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I, I see a potential comparisons to Cam Newton. I mean, Cam mm-hmm. Newton, you know, he went to the Super Bowl. He lost it. Uh, He won NFL MVP. Could potentially Lamar follow the same tracks of Cam Newton? I'm going to hope not because I really love Lamar and I've loved him since out of college. I think that the guy is full of potential and potentially this year, hopefully for him, he starts to put his passing game on another level. And I know that he's been trying and it's extremely hard to do when your mechanics are set and, uh, the only guy, the kind of guy that we can recently look at, which was um, Josh Allen from Buffalo. He didn't start off too well throwing the ball, and now he's kind of coming into his own. I don't know. I'm going to say to Lamar, you're doing fine. You're going to be okay. And quite frankly, you're going to get paid a phenomenal contract, and it's going to happen once you probably make it to the AFC Championship. And whether or not you, you win that game, it won't matter. You're going to get paid, and it's going to be huge. Yeah, I I think he's going to get the deal done. I think he's going to get the deal done soon uh, with the Baltimore Ravens there, Dominic. I just kind of want to jump on the fact that, you know, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan yourself, you you follow the Baltimore Ravens, uh, obviously, a, a lot there because you're in the division. And, and it's kind of, uh, I'm sort of like pleasantly, I guess, I wouldn't say surprised there, but I, I love the take that you have on Baltimore and the belief that you have in them because I know you're a re- really big believer, Dominic, in the Baltimore Ravens. Like you said, you really see them going to the, the AFC Championship game this year at the very least, if not making or winning the Super Bowl. Um, uh, yeah, I'm curious to get uh, to get good your take as to as to why you believe that because they do lose Hollywood Brown uh, in the offseason. Look, he wasn't uh, used, I guess you can say, as uh, as much as uh, people thought he was going to, or he was used. Like he didn't live up to the hype or with the bill with Lamar Jackson there and didn't produce like people thought he would. Uh, but yeah, why are you so high on these Baltimore Ravens, Dominic, heading into the season? I have a lot of respect for the Ravens. I have mm-hmm. a lot of respect for John Harbaugh. I know that this guy, you know. He comes from the Harbaugh family. Both of those coaches, yeah. Jim or John, are really good coaches. They know what they're doing. 
day in and day out, whether it's in college football or in the NFL. I'm surprised that John uh, or Jim, I should say, isn't um, part of the NFL family anymore. Um, whether it's his personality was just too strong. I don't know, but I'll stick to the, uh, the story about the Ravens is yeah, just a lot of respect for the Ravens. And if you look at this team, I mean, what are they really missing? The offensive line is strong. They just added an amazing center and Tyler Linenbaum. They just on the defensive side of the football added two huge players. And yes, they're rookies. And how can I say that when I haven't seen them yet, but you're a huge fan of Kyle Hamilton. You've seen yes. him at what he's done in Notre Dame. I was, I was 50-50 on him, but I've been seeing the preseason and things like that, and he seems like he's going to fit like a glove. They also added a phenomenal free safety from New Orleans, Marcus Williams. To me, it's going to be the David Ajabo show. Keep the name in your ears. David Ajabo is going to destroy quarterbacks in the AFC North, and once they take that division... In my opinion, the rest of the AFC is going to pretty much take care of itself. You're going to have either the Kansas City or Chargers probably playing against them. Underdog, in my opinion, would be Tennessee. But uh, yeah, I think they can compete with all three of those teams because from top to bottom, this team has a lot of depth. And I want to see specifically the running game really push the NFL to reevaluate the situation completely because now that this has become a passing league, as we all know, the NFL, you know, there's so many playbooks out there. All you need to have is the right personnel and the right head coach to compete against the weaknesses of other teams. Since everybody is trying to pass the football now galore, now is the perfect time to destroy your opponents by running the football. Two years ago, Harbaugh broke records by mm-hmm. running the football, came really close to make it to the Super Bowl. He didn't. Lamar choked. Granted, this same script, we're going to see it this year. And I believe guys like J.K. Dobbins will run over the NFL. Lamar will run over the NFL. And I think that they will put a stamp into everybody's faces that you need to run the football to win football games. I'm tired to see the passing game. I believe a guy like John Harbaugh with his experience will put it together and will lead this team. Again, I'm hoping for the AFC championship win. Then you flip a coin, who knows, but at least make it to the AFC championship. And that's what I do think will happen for those Ravens. Nice, Dominic. I love your take. And one thing I got to agree on is I love Harbaugh's belief he has in Lamar Jackson. Uh, something that stuck with me for a while is the, I believe it was a game late in the season and uh, it was fourth down and he looks to his offense and says, guys, Lamar, do you want to go for it? And yes, we're going for it. And he's okay, you guys want to go for it? You're going to go for it. You know, I'm not playing on the field. Uh, it's up to you guys. And he trusted them and they went for it and they ultimately did convert on that fourth down. So uh, I do love the way the team is built. I, I do like Harbaugh uh, and I ultimately uh, do think it, it really all comes down to, like you said, yes, the run game is going to be super important. Uh, the NFL has evolved. So it's going to be, look, Lamar, when the run is taken away, what are you going to do in the passing game? I think that's going to be super important uh, to see what happens there in Baltimore. Um, let's talk about now the Los Angeles Chargers and the deal they got done with strong safety Derwin James. Four years, $76.5 million contract. Uh, I really like Derwin James, Dominic. He's really a ball hockey safety, a guy that moves very, very well. Uh, across the field and uh, you know just uh, you throw in the ball in the air as a quarterback you think you have a completion and you see Derwin James coming out of nowhere getting a pick or knocking that ball loose so this Chargers defense getting the deal done Derwin James four-year contract and also adding Khalil Mack in the offseason this should be an exciting year for these Los Angeles Chargers Dominic Uh, but uh, yes Derwin James getting that four-year 76.5 million dollar deal to stay in Los Angeles absolutely fantastic signing I know that Derwin James hasn't started his career the way that he wanted to. He got injured. And sometimes when you're an ice pack in the NFL early on, you're an ice pack for the entire career. I'm going to hope for Derwin that it's not the case, but he's that talented to have warranted himself that massive contract. And they need that kind of like defensive pillar to lead that defense. And there's some already great established players like a guy like Khalil Mack. But a guy like Derwin James in the new NFL, the secondary has to be locked down. And Derwin is the guy to lock it down. 
I do believe this was a fantastic signing. But this team offensively as well is so gifted that they have Super Bowl aspirations. And I do believe they can get there if a guy like Isaiah Spiller, who unfortunately for him is already injured, young guy coming out of Texas A&M, 6'1", 215 pounds, he could be potentially kind of like a Ladanian Tomlinson kind of running back, helping out those chargers this team is sick it's gonna be hard to unseed austin eckler but he's a smaller back another guy that can get injured in the nfl at the running back position that's why we have so much depth there but we'll see what happens for those chargers but i do believe this season everybody on that football team is thinking super bowl Definitely, definitely agree with you, Dominic. And the Chargers are a team that have had Super Bowl aspirations for the last few seasons now. They've been talked about as a dark horse team to win the Super Bowl back when Phillip Rivers uh, was their quarterback. And now, look, you got a stud in Justin Herbert. You got a great receiving core. You got a good running back. You got a good defense. You you got what you believe to be, excuse me, a good head coach there in Staley. This team has to produce. And you talk. I talked about a team that has the most pressure on them heading into the next season. Uh, a, a little while ago in the show, I believe you said the Bengals. And I picked this Los Angeles Chargers team because, you know, these fans are great. They've been snake beating before, Dominic. They just missed the playoffs this past season. They need to do something. They need to make a run in the playoffs. They need to show teams why they have these Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, and they really do. They have a stacked team on paper. And, of course, I know Justin Herbert is young. He's only going to get better. He's been a stud in this offense. But look, now he's been in the league for a few years right now, uh, and you couldn't ask for anything more out of him. So I want to see him continue to put the team on his back and get W's for this squad. But for the Chargers, Dominic, I couldn't agree with you more. This team needs to produce. They need to do more than just make the playoffs. they got to win a few games uh, to finally you know, shut up the critics and say, like, look, yes, we have a lot of aspirations, but unfortunately they haven't, they've fallen through over the last few seasons because they haven't been able to make a deep playoff run. Uh, I think really right now, Dominic, is the charge time for those charges to say, you know what, bolt up, let's do this. Uh, forget it, forget uh, everything that happened in the past. We got the squad to win the Super Bowl. Let's go ahead and do it right now. Yeah, I completely agree with you. The only two question marks that I have for this team are one, obviously, head coach Brandon Steely. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way that uh, he, he coached the last part of the season. I thought he didn't really uh, keep his team composed i think they were really like gambling a lot on fourth downs mm-hmm. brandon Staley was and it didn't pan out for them so and the other guy is keenan allen big personality he wants the ball on every single play but now they have another wide receiver joshua palmer to add into that mix and they also have Jalen guyton who's pretty good as well so a lot of mouths to feed then that chargers team so hopefully for them the, the egos can stay intact and a guy like Brandon Staley can guide this football team. That's the only red flags that I have. Otherwise, this team has it all to make it all the way. It's going to be a fun matchup with them, Dominic. Uh, week one, they are playing at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, who now added Devontae Adams, an AFC West matchup. Super excited of that for that game. Super excited for the NFL to start. We're officially, Dominic, two weeks away from the opening game between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. I cannot believe it. When you hear our voices next, we'll be one week away from kickoff. All right, folks, that's it uh, for this week on the show. Dominic, thanks again for filling in for me as I was gone for those two weeks. It feels great to be back at the Power Hour. Folks, I'm super uh, pumped for the NFL season to start. Enjoy preseason and enjoy, I guess, back to school already at that time of year. Enjoy your next uh, few days off, folks. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back here, same place, same time next Thursday. You were listening to CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal.